Baker Podcast Maker, the food podcast series where we get to know a little bit more about the foods people enjoy, from recipe favourites to biscuit chat. So, Tom, welcome to the podcast. Would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, hello. Um, thank you for having me on. Um, so, my name's Tom. Uh, I am Feeding Speedy on Instagram. Uh, so, I actually uh, work as a marketer full time, but I have an outside of work persona, which is Feeding Speedy. So that's where um, I uh, kind of show my creativity through food. So um, my page is all about American food, British accent. So that's where I uh, explore American food uh, with uh, kind of my perspective on it, having lived there for a little bit. So I used to live in uh, California and uh, New York for a period of time, and I've done a lot of traveling, love America. Um, and this is kind of my way of expressing that uh, love for American food. Um, and then I also interview interesting people. So I run a series uh, called Cooking Conversations, where I uh, interview uh, food founders, influencers, people who kind of I think are interesting and, and I want to learn more about them. And we cook on Instagram Live together and basically have a chat. Um, so I do pop-ups as well outside of work. Um, so I, I've run pop-ups this summer and before COVID. Uh, but genuinely just try and cook lots of fun things for people and hope they uh, like it. And listeners, if you haven't already checked out Feeding Speedy, you need to now because it's so fab. And I am very much one of those people who loves to watch the lives. Like I don't always comment, but I'm usually there just like, oh, what are they up to? Very nice. Appreciated. Appreciated as always. It's really good. We had one on Wednesday that was just so much fun because I'd never met um, a guy um, who I, again, just like DM through Instagram, but I just really liked his stuff, Patrick. And he um, made this great dish and we just had a great laugh. And actually, we're going to try and meet up for a coffee in a couple of weeks uh, time. So it's a really good. Yeah, I'm really pleased that I keep doing it. I started it in lockdown and have carried it on since. And actually, I'm really pleased I have. Yeah, absolutely. And um, we actually have met in real life. This doesn't yes, happen very often with the podcast. I usually, as you say, I DM people on Instagram and just pray that they're like, yeah, let's do a podcast. But we actually met the um, Made by Blitz summer party. I was like, I know you. <laughs> I know. It was so fun. That whole that whole night was so fun. I felt like I was inside Instagram. I was oh, meeting, yeah. I was meeting people and I was like, I follow your like whole life, but I've never met you before. <laughs> um but that was pretty cool. Yeah, no, it was really fun to meet you and uh, just kind of yeah, be around Callum who I'm friends with, which is how I, I, I got invited to to that event. But yeah, it was really fun to to chat. Yeah, it was such a good event. And I even made the tacos we had like earlier this week yeah how fun nice so fun. nice he's a good chef he's callum very good so good want to be besties but he doesn't exist <laughs> but it's fine it's fine anyway how about some food questions yes so what did you have for supper last night so I am currently in uh, Northwood, which is where my parents live uh, so I'm, I'm back with mum and dad for a couple of days just to be honest I live in London normally, and it's quite nice to get a bit of suburb greenery life, um, which is where we are, so northwest London. Um, so we actually went out for uh, dinner. So we went to a really great pub in Rittmansworth. So if, if anyone is Northwood, uh, West London, Northwest London kind of base, the Feathers in Rittmansworth is a brilliant pub. Really kind of your the, the pub that always makes me think of kind of nostalgic England like kind of you go in and it smells of smoke and wood and is very very comforting and we had um a really good like pub dinner so I had um they do these really great like deep fried frickles like uh deep fried pickles um and we had that with some chili squid to start and then I had a very classic pub uh dish of lamb shank red wine rosemary sauce some kind of quite good stodgy mash and uh and some kind of greens um which was very very satisfying it's one of those dishes that like it, it, it wasn't the best one i've ever had but it was just like a very grounding plate of food that i felt very happy to enjoy um and i even had an apple crumble and custard afterwards which is actually spoiler alert my uh, top my uh, my dessert of choice so uh that one was a very good meal and i was very happy to enjoy it that sounds fantastic proper pub food yeah 
Definitely, yeah. It was very good. And I think it's that that's that place was just a very nice place to be after kind of a very hectic week. So um I was glad that we went. Okay, so what was your favorite kind of food while you were growing up? Ah, yeah. The growing up questions are interesting because I think my mum would always say that I was never really fussy eater. So I used to eat a lot of stuff. Um, so that was great because actually it meant that I got to have lots of different dishes and kind of really experiment. But the favourite kinds of things I used to eat actually was, so I'm from, as I say, I'm from Northwest London. So there's quite a big Indian community where I live. And so a lot of my friends uh, growing up were Indian. So I actually, you know, when I was uh, at school and kind of getting older, I used to spend a lot of time with my um, friends at their houses. And I have kind of very strong memories of my friend's mum's making kind of chapatis from scratch um, and basically introducing me to what what we would now know as like proper regional Indian food. But kind of in the, uh, in the 90s, like early 2000s, probably wasn't quite on the kind of mainstream. So um, all of those kinds of dishes, be it just kind of very simple butter chicken or kind of dals um, or even kind of just pakoras and deep fried stuff that you would never really have in a uh, like... I don't know, kind of every high street has a, a curry house, but those curry houses at that time were kind of quite traditional and quite different. So this was felt to me like the real stuff. And, you know, as a British guy who lived in Northwest London, it was a really nice exposure to what felt to me very exciting and exotic food, which now I love and now I kind of have grown up with. But at the time, that makes me think of home and, ch- and childhood. Um, and yeah, that's kind of that's kind of what I think. That's so interesting. And I do think um, everyone says this, but the food we grew up with is so important to most people. And the fact that you got to experience two cultures of food is really important. Yeah. And it's, it, I think it's quite shaped my open mindedness to food early on. So when I think Definitely. about, you know, even if I think about feeding Sweden, the fact that I'm really curious about American food, that curiosity has come out of the fact that even from when I was quite early, I think I just was really interested in different food and the fact that, you know, different people ate different things and I, and it was all delicious, but it was the point of reference was very quickly, very different. So I think it kind of really inspired me to, to think about food in that way. Uh, and I'm a bit of a glutton, so I just love it. So I just eat it all, all the time. And so all my friends were like, there's funny stories of my friends saying how, their mums would love the fact that I would like come down and be like, what are you making for dinner? Like, I'm really interested. And they'd be like so bored of it. But I was like, I don't know. I genuinely have no point of reference for any of these things. And like, because I was interested in food, it was really nice for them to have someone who was really curious. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it's a nice memory that I have and definitely shaped me for sure. Oh, definitely. And I do think that, I mean, I don't know if this is the rule for everyone, but I do feel like most foodie people are gluttons. I definitely am. Yeah. When I find something I love, I'm like, I can't stop eating it. I really can't. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, that's very true. I am definitely the same. Okay, so what is your current favourite kind of food? So currently one of the things that and this is so for context i live in north uh, i live in east london so i live in mm-hmm. kind of shoreditch area really amazing place to eat uh it's a brilliant kind of melting pot of different cuisines but also is the standard is really high mm. one of the things that i've been finding certainly post lockdown and kind of you know the the dishes that i'm starting to cook more and the ingredients that i can cook with more and certainly the dishes I'm eating out now is much more uh, reg- regional Chinese food I'm finding really interesting at the moment. So it's funny because I think if like two, two, or, two or three years ago, I wouldn't have said to you that like my, one of my favorite dishes is a kind of um, baked tofu nuggets with like a kind of Sichuan glaze like stir fry. But yeah. that is genuinely something that I probably cook every once every couple of weeks as a, as a norm. And I think that that cuisine has kind of crept up on me as a really interesting change because I think I love, I've always loved Chinese food, but I think from there was a period where I feel like I didn't cook it much, or at least I was kind of like, it's a, it's quite a mainstreamy thing. Whereas like this kind of, you know, particularly the more um, like Sichuan and uh, using other kind of spices that I hadn't been introduced to before 
those dishes now are starting to become really things that I love and actually get really excited about. So lots of dishes and cuisines I could say, but I think that's the one that I'm really excited about. I went to um, a couple of we- uh, weeks ago with my friend, I went to Xi'an Impression, the like really cool, uh, really small Chinese restaurant that um, Ottolenghi goes to and loves. And just had like some, you know, jam jam noodles and um, really interesting kind of side dishes. And I was just like, this is not the Chinese food that I grew up with. This is a different thing entirely. And it is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I personally do not eat enough Chinese food because I don't gravitate towards it. But I think when you find that perfect recipe that you want to replicate at home, you're like, you're set. I completely agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice, um, it's, it's, it's a very interesting cuisine that I'm just finding myself trying to want to, to be honest, wanting to learn about more, mm-hmm. um, because it's, you know, in the same way that Indian food is so diverse and a lot of what I have experienced so far is really scratching the surface. It's the same with Chinese food. And so I'm excited that there are chefs in London in particular that are bringing that to a new audience. Definitely. And I didn't want to go back or talk over anything but you were saying about growing up with Indian food my mother um, grew up in Leicester um, in Leicestershire so that had a lot of um, Indian food influences so all sorts of cuisines we often go back to the Leicester Road um, for proper Indian uh, what my mum would say is proper Indian food and it is always so delicious and I just I think about it even now I'm thinking I really want to have that for tea yeah 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 I can imagine nice okay so what is your current favorite place or restaurant to eat at oh god this was this is a very hard question for me Mm -hmm. I think to be honest any any foodie would say this is an impossible question and very unreasonable for you to ask um (laughs) I have I have a list Current, but current is like, current is even hard because I'm like, well, like this week I have like different things and like it's <laughs> different, but I will, I will answer your question. Um, I will say at the moment, and just because I went there quite recently and I really enjoyed it with my friend, um, I went to Babala, which is um, a Middle Eastern restaurant in Shoreditch, which is um, incredibly delicious. Um so I, again, like I could have said in the previous question, um, Ottolenghi and kind of uh, Middle Eastern food, something that I've been coming much more excited about and just aware of really in terms of different ingredients. So in a, in a similar way. Um, so I'm just very interested and uh, very, very interested in vegetarian food. Um, and they have a great set menu, which is actually, you basically pick vegan or vegetarian and that's it. And I love that. And it was all completely amazing. And um, they have an off- they have a restaurant in Spitalfield and in Doho, so it's a it's a great find if you can get in. I have heard nothing but good things about that restaurant. I so want to go there. It's on my list, and absolutely everyone has told me you need to go there. So you're another person who's raving about it. Yes. Yeah, it's great. I think it's good because the concept is very uh, straightforward. It makes it very easy as a diner to enjoy it because in some ways I always feel like the set menus are not just for fancy restaurants. They can be for mm-hmm. kind of restaurants that are more accessible, but actually set menus are great because then that means you don't have to choose. You can just be like, I want everything. And that was actually the thing that me and my friend really enjoyed was that you didn't have to make the choice. You could just be like, yeah. this all sounds great. I'm going to have it all. Um which I think is great. It's quite good uh, when you can't decide and you you just want to eat everything. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I think that more restaurants should incorporate set menus as an option because, as you say, it's so hard to make a decision. And if they've already curated a menu that they know works together, you're sorted. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so what kind of food do you used to dislike and now you do like? Dislike, but now I did like... I can't remember what I said. I I, I was thinking about this. To be honest, it's quite a hard question for me because I really don't dislike many things. Wow. The one thing that I, I really don't have any dislikes. I don't, I have this thing where like most things, if you cook them well, do taste good. So I yeah. don't really have any dislikes. The one thing that I would say though, um, 
just and it's a weird kind of socialized dislike was that when I was younger my dad always uh he he eats a lot of things but he didn't like frankfurter sausages Oh, you know, right. like the American kind of very like ultra yeah. processed sausages in hot dogs. Um, he didn't like them. And I think, you know, when you're like a little kid and you're like, I don't like them too. And then you just kind of like assume that you don't like something. Um, but then, but now obviously having gone to America and actually had them, I actually do really like them. And it's not, you know, I, especially like a classic, like, I don't know, baseball park hot dog with the Frankfurter like onions, um, mm-hmm. mustard or ketchup, depending on what uh, what state you're in. Because I know it's very contentious whether you put mustard. I can't remember if Chicago says you can't put mustard or you can't put ketchup for one of them. Uh, and relish, like actually all of that stuff is really tasty. Um, and I really like it. But uh, I couldn't say that I actually disliked it. It was more my dad told me he didn't like it. So I thought that too, <laughs> which is probably a bit of a cop out. But I generally don't really have many things I don't like, which is which is good. That is really good, especially as as you say, you like to try lots of foods. So it is good that you don't have any barriers on what you can eat. Okay, so what is your current favourite vegetable? So this was a very easy one. Uh, it is the aubergine. Um, yeah. I, I think when I, uh, this is kind of goes back a bit to Ottolenghi and just the kind of introducing different ways in which to cook an aubergine. And it's such an interesting vegetable and so flexible and malleable that I just love it. And, you know, the best thing for me is if you char an aubergine and you take the skin off and then you blitz the, you know, you kind of chop up the um, flesh with mint, kind of coriander seeds, garlic, olive oil, tahini, and you create like incredible dips. Um, Or you can kind of, you know, chop it into chunks and then turn it into delicious curries. Um, It's a very kind of meaty vegetable. Uh, and as for someone who is trying to be more meat conscious and not eat as much meat, aubergine is a brilliant substitute and one I can completely love. So yeah, I will always, always love the aubergine. I um listeners, you couldn't you couldn't see me, but I was nodding like a bobblehead because I completely agree. <laughs> um I think aubergine, lots of people, I say lots of people, quite a few people I know don't like it because of the texture. Mm. But I think that, as you say, if it's cooked well, it is so versatile that it goes with so many dishes. And I can think off the top of my head so many things that are just so delicious with aubergine. So, yes, totally agree with you on that. Okay, so in your opinion, what is an overrated food? I think it's it's a funny thing because I think it's more a... um, a type of it's almost like a type of restaurant that i hate so the 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 restaurant that encapsulates that and there is an ingredient but like the restaurant that encapsulates that is um you know the salt bay uh dude who uh blew up on instagram for his like fun way of seasoning meat and now he has like this restaurant empire that is like insane way like in knightsbridge there's a restaurant where you charge like a thousand pounds oh yeah a very rubbish food um uh, that whole kind of restaurant, the idea of a restaurant like that makes my skin crawl because it just is so far away from what the food is and what it should be. And actually, it's not about the food. It's about kind of being there and being seen to go there and like all that stuff, which is really against kind of what I think of, of food should be. But the dish, the ingredient that I would say is ironic because it's an ingredient I actually, I do have some in, in my kitchen, is truffle oil. So yeah. I think it kind of the ingredient truffle oil for me kind of encapsulates that restaurant, which is it's t- some people use it too much yeah. or use it as a way to justify a price point of a dish. So truffle oil is tasty, used in the right way, used in the right quantities. It really adds something. But I think too often it's like something that's on a menu. It's pulled out. And I'm just like, mate, it's just oil. Like, I know it's truffle, but like now you're charging more money and mm-hmm. and it just feels like a bit of a cop out for something that is essentially just taken off your pantry shelf. So I would say that as my overrated ingredient. Agreed. Um, I don't mean to just keep agreeing with you, but genuinely, <laughs> I this is controversial. I don't personally like truffle. And when people are like, oh, you have to try this because it's got truffle on, I'm like, 
no, because I'm pretty sure I could have the same thing and it would taste just as good from somewhere else and doesn't have truffle on it. I understand that it's a flavour that lots of people enjoy, but I agree with you. It's like when people shave truffle onto fries and then it's like triple the the price. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Yeah, 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 Yeah. no, it's true. I do like truffle. I actually really like truffle flavour, but it's, uh, yeah, I think it's when it's used in the wrong way or or kind of in dishes where you don't really need it. um, Definitely. It's when it's uh, a problem. And what do you think is an underrated food? Um, and this is where, like, I think on the flip side, I'm really a big fan of, uh, like, really cheap cuts of meat and offal. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm a, you know, I love learning about um, St. John and all the brilliant no-cell eating that exists in um, their restaurant. So, um, mm-hmm. for those of you that don't know, it's a really amazing restaurant in London, kind of a restaurant mini empire now with a couple of spaces and a brilliant bakery. And um, the pining dish of Fergus Henson of the bone marrow uh, with parsley, salad and bread is um, an amazing dish that I've made before. But it made me realise that bone marrow is something that I completely love. It's like meaty butter and it sounds gross and people always wrinkle their nose up at it. But I'm just like, it is a killer ingredient that basically costs nothing. It's probably like two or three pounds for like a couple of bones that have been hacked. Um, And you'll get this amazing flavour if it's roasted uh you can eat it you know spoon it out but also it's a delicious thing that you can get in a i've, I've used it in stews and stock where you basically let the bone kind of cook down with all your vegetables in your liquor and it creates an amazing extra flavor it's like having a stock cube in your your meal so um that's my that's my uh bone marrow will always be my uh kind of undressed ingredient because i feel like most people will be like that's insane but i just think it's such a secret I think that's a really good idea. I mean, I know, as you say, lots of restaurants do incorporate it, but I think that is so useful. I mean, personally, I don't cook enough meaty dishes. I'm not I'm not vegetarian or vegan by any means, but I do reduce my meat intake. So when it comes to things like that, when I am eating meat, that is such a great addition. Okay, so who is your current favourite chef? Or food person uh, I mean again it's like picking that's an unfair question <laughs> um, <laughs> but I I um, I would say um, that I'm a big fan of American food as you know so American chefs yes. are always going to be the people who I look to and are inspired by um, I think the one that I'll say for now is David Chang so um, he is a New York based chef, uh, Korean American chef who is created uh, Momofuku, which is an amazing restaurant uh, empire again. Um, and I think I love it because uh, I was really inspired by Ugly Delicious, his series on Netflix, where he basically kind of traveled the world and was kind of connecting different cuisines in interesting ways and just kind of made me realize how global food is and mm. and how intrinsically there are a lot of techniques that are the same technique but with different ingredients and with that kind of that kind of culture's influence they create different dishes and uh, I just love that because then it kind of breaks the rules on a lot of things which I think is a really powerful thing in food to kind of challenge what's the norm and then like go against it which he is a real kind of inspiration for me on that so yeah I think I'll say David Chang although I could say countless other chefs in the UK in the US like so many well, thank you for that. I'm so going to give him a stalk later. I've heard the name, but I don't think I've seen any of his stuff. So that'll be a fun um, stalk cool. for me. Definitely, definitely. Okay, so what was the last cookbook or recipe you enjoyed using? Um, I am, I'm trying to think like the last one, because um, I, I think I'm constantly cooking from different cookbooks. But I think the last one probably is Ottenlenghi, um uh, shelf love which is his oh, yeah. cookbook the last year's one i actually have got it's my birthday coming up and i want to buy the new one uh get that for my birthday the last one has some brilliant dishes in it i can't remember the last dish exactly i made but the dish that i do make from that cookbook a lot which i really love um oh actually is it from that cookbook i'm now getting confused I think it might actually be from flavor anyway i'm a bit of an otterlenghi geek i think it's from flavor oh, he made this he did this amazing um, mushroom, uh, a vegan ragu, which is essentially mm. kind of 
it has all the flavor profile of a really rich bolognese but it's yeah. made from vegetables entirely and uh, yeah. I've made that for a couple of times for my friends and, and uh, it's been an incredible dish and I just love it and make it all the time so um, his power of creating uh, delicious things from vegetables is something that again I'm just trying to learn about and emulate because it's such a great way of thinking about food and Definitely. meat is not always the automatic thing that it, you know we should always cook with actually there's quite a lot to be said around those different flavor profiles I 100% agree and I'm very grateful you brought up Ossolenghi I'm a huge fan of Ossolenghi yes. I think he is fantastic I think I have most of his cookbooks um but it's a joint between whether I can borrow some of them from my mother <laughs> um <laughs> but yes I think I have shelf love but I think visually so that's the pink and red one isn't it's it it's the little one yes yeah, yeah, yeah I think I got that one this year I'm still yet to I think I've made some things from it but nothing that I can particularly like think off the top of my head but I most often reach for simple and yeah. if that is such a good Ottolenghi book because obviously he's known for the crazy amount of ingredients and some people say oh it's crazy to cook for from his books because it takes so long that's where I go please look at shelf love and simple because they are totally I mean I know he's very well loved and me saying he's underrated is really silly but amongst my friends who enjoy cooking they almost look at it as like a challenge and I want to almost say to people it's not a challenge the flavors are incredible and you will thank yourself <laughs> yeah definitely 100% agree he's really, so really cool. good so good okay and now for my controversial question yes <laughs> which is your favorite ring on the hob yes I like this one I actually thought about this one more than the other questions because I was like I can't I can't work out so I think my kitchen the way my kitchen's set up I think I am bottom right because yeah. given the way that we're constructed it's just the, it's always the one the first one that I use and it's a medium-sized ring which is kind of quite good for pan frying and kind of one pot dishes which if I'm cooking by for myself or just me and my girlfriend is quite an easy ring whereas the other one there's a big one in the middle and there's kind of the top left one is a bit of a controversial second choice but actually quite good for if you want to cook put something to cook and let it sit so like yeah. cooking rice or pasta like it's the kind of one out of the way but I think bottom right is my is my my choice I am very grateful for your answers I love finding <laughs> that out it's so random because people don't think about it until the question is posed to them so yeah I had no idea I had no idea what my <laughs> choice was and suddenly it was there in front of me exactly okay so for the final meal it's your final meal ever. You have no boundaries on how much you can eat. What will you be having and why? So what's your starter or starters of choice? Yeah. Um, so starters are, I love a starter. I'm inherently quite a savoury guy. I, I prefer starters than desserts if I had to choose. So I have, so my one, if it was just one starter, I would have a beautiful chicken liver parfait, with a thick wadge of butter on top, sage like baked into the butter with really hot sourdough bread that's been charred on the grill so that you have like a kind of really nice char to it um, with a caramelized onion chutney, quite a simple caramelized onion chutney on the side. And I would have that by the gallon because I absolutely love chicken liver pate and uh, would happily have that forever. If I had a choice, if I could do another one, so that was number one. If I could have another one, I would have mackerel uh, pate. So I basically have two pates. I love slathering stuff on bread is essentially what I'm saying. Um, okay. But I, I, I've, I've made it before and it's really delicious, like a quite chunky mackerel pate with um, lemon, parsley, cream cheese, um, uh, just a kind of quite simple, rustic, quite, quite kind of junky version of it. But I just think that's amazing as well. Like I love smoked fish, so it's a really nice kind of contrast. But those would be my pate spreads would be my two my two choices. And what drink are you having with your pates? Um, so, so actually, I'm not a massive like alcohol drinker, so um, I don't actually. And I have this thing where like when I have a good meal, 
I actually would rather not drink because it means that I can enjoy the food more and I just have water. So it's yeah. boring, but I probably would just have water with, with my, most of my food. I might have, um, afterwards I might have like a beer or something, but I genuinely wouldn't really kind of go through the, like, I know some people on these things, they would do like, I'd have like a kind of cocktail yeah. to start and like all those other things. But I think genuinely I would, I would rather just like have kind of fairly plain drinks. Um, although having said that, I think if I was going to have alcohol, I probably would have a cocktail to start before everything, if that counts. Yeah. So probably yeah. like um, like an old fashioned uh, is my favorite cocktail. So I probably would have that to kick everything off. And then I would go to like kind of water after everything. I think that makes a lot of sense. I do that with most of my meals and then I'll have a drink before and after. So Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Nice. And what are you having for your main or mains of choice? So my mains would be, this is where I would go to, to my, uh, my Indian, uh, friends. And I would, I would have, I, I like, originally I was like, oh, I'll have like the Dishoom, like kind of biryani. But to be honest, I think now that I know that I would have my friend's mum's uh, food. So I've been to quite a lot of Indian weddings over the past couple of summers and have enjoyed incredible Indian feasts. So I think if I had, I couldn't tell you exactly what, what it would be but I think what I would do is I would attend a wedding buffet at one of my Indian friends weddings because I would have because what they do is that they literally they give you a tray of different like pots a bit like almost kind of like a canteen old school canteen kind of yeah. with your little spaces and then you would like go up you'd queue up and then you would have like someone would give you like a little mound of rice and a little mound of dal and some kind of paneer and it tends to be vegetarian uh but you would just have like kind of you know, here's some naans, here's some like kind of crispy bits, here's like some chutneys and you can just keep going back. So I would do that. I would have that. I would just keep going back and, and, and just not stop. And I would, because the diversity of it would be really nice for me. But I think that would probably be how I would, how I would do it. Absolutely. That sounds great. And what drink are you having with that? I'm assuming water, but I could be wrong. Yeah, I, I probably would have water as well because, I, to be honest, given how different all the food would be, I just would need something to quench my thirst because I would otherwise <laughs> I would just completely explode. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't have any booze, but I think that would be good. And um, what will you be having for your side or sides of choice? Ah, oh, I kind of oh, I hadn't thought about sides because I've seen in the wedding buffet scenario, it's all yeah. kind of all sides. But if I had an extra choice. Um, I would always go for doesn't make any sense with my main course but that's fine would be um, some really fat chips like really fat crispy like triple cooked chips in with like real sodden with like vinegar and salt like fish and chip like the fish and chip chips yeah you wish you had because I think fish and chip chips are really tasty but I think there's a difference between this is such a like British thing so like (laughs) if anyone international watches they'll be like what are you talking about but there is a clear difference in my in my head from fish and chip chips, which are kind of sodden, like soft and quite and delicious, but quite stodgy, yeah. versus crispy, thick, fluffy chips that are almost like roast potato in texture in the Definitely. inside and outside. So I would have those, and I have had them before, and there are great places that do them. So I'd have those with like loads of vinegar to the point where like your throat is almost kind of rasping because it's so much vinegar um but that is what i would have as my as my side and mayo as well with uh, like vinegar salt and mayo no judgment i am one of those people that like the um really powerful salt and vinegar crisps so yeah, nice. i totally get that yeah that's a great choice any other sides or just the <laughs> chips um I have this thing where like, and again, this makes no sense for the menu of the main, but I have this thing of like, I love cream, I love cream spinach. And whenever I have, I see it on a menu, particularly like a steakhouse, cream spinach is like my, my go-to, particularly if it's got like good nutmeg level and Mm -hmm. uh, garlic and cream. And it's just like a very, very kind of comforting, like, like stodge thing. Although if there was a kind of curry, um, a kind of curry with spinach in it, I'd probably get that kick anyway. So yeah. um, that's probably what I would say. And what drink are you having with your sides? Yeah, I still think I'm going to stick with uh, with tap water. <laughs> See, that's good. 
Hydration Consist is consistency. key. Consistency. Hydra hydration is key. Um, I reckon I'll have my old fashioned at the start, and uh, I think that will probably be, yeah, I'd ride it out with water. <laughs> and what are you having for your pudding or puddings of choice? Yeah, so this is uh, this is a very cute moment. My girlfriend made me an apple crumble once, and I was like, "This is the best apple crumble I've ever had," and I do mean that. And it was apple crumble with custard, and I think it's because she put salt in her um, crumble topping, which is something that is I love salt sweet. I'm very like a fan of like kind of salt sweet popcorn all that kind of stuff, but I'd never put salt in an apple crumble topping before, and. It was just perfect. And I was like, this is it. This is great. So I was very, very happy to put that as my favourite dessert. Um, that's why we have that. That's so cute. <laughs> She's going to love that when she listens back to this. Um, I also love that idea. I'm so going to try that next time I make a crumble. Yeah. And this is my important question um, that I find interesting. Um, do you have your crumble start what am i talking about do you have your crumble hot and your custard cold or both of them hot um i would always prefer my crumble hot my custard cold because Great. i like Great. contrasting temperature um i also have this thing where like so i um i hate ice cream with custard or with crumble which i know is a bit rogue particularly because it's hot cold thing well, yeah but there's something about ice cream the what's the what's the, ice cream is too sweet for mm. crumble in my view yeah custard is sweet because it's got sugar in it but it's not sweet enough to be kind of compromising i really like yeah. double cream actually with a crumble too mm. like kind of cold double cream but i have this big thing where like it's the same as like a sticky toffee pudding like i get really annoyed when sticky toffee pudding comes with ice cream because anyway. I'm like, there's so much sugar. Like, sticky toffee pudding is essentially sugar. Yeah. You do not need more sugar in this world. You need something that doesn't, that cuts through it, like creme fraiche or, like, cold cream. And, yeah, I just have this thing about that, which irrationally gets annoyed. I'm like, hey, why do you have ice cream? It's so stupid. Why would you have ice cream with it? So, um, yeah, long story short, cold custard is, is the way forward, I think. I'm so glad I asked that question now. I loved that. That was great. I feel like that about when people have hot crumble and then hot custard. I'm like, well, how's that going to work? You need to take forever to eat mouth. it. I know. Yeah, it's better. And I don't know if it's a greed thing. It is for me. Is that if I've got a hot pudding, I need something colder to cool it down faster so that I don't burn my mouth yeah. when I'm shoveling it in really quickly. Totally. <laughs> totally. Yeah, definitely agree. Okay. Any other puddings or just a crumble? No, do you know what? I think that's the one that I would just stick with because I don't think, I can't think, I mean, there are lots of things. I love chocolate. Chocolate fondant could be up there, but mm. to be honest, I'd rather just have a crumble and then uh, and then move on to cheese because I know your next question is about cheese. That so was going to be cheese. my next question. It was going to be, will you be partaking in a cheese board? And if so, what's on your dream cheese board? A hundred percent yes to a cheese board. I love cheese. I love a cheese board. I find it such a, particularly at this time of year, like near Christmas, it's such a mm -hmm. festive thing for me. I don't, I do love cheese. And actually my, uh, I live with my sister and she will laugh at like kind of the fact that I eat so much cheese and I love cheese. So I have to like moderate my cheese consumption, but a cheese board like in, like in this world, all bets are off. So I would have, I would have a uh, camembert, yeah. It's like a kind of one of those like baked camemberts that is like been like studded with garlic and rosemary, kind of maybe a bit of wine baked into kind of it's properly kind of melted. And then you can mm -hmm. use your bread and your kind of your uh, apple or celery to kind of scoop up. That would be the core of it. Then I would also have a uh, truffle brie. So there's a really great mm. brie that you may have heard of that has like, um, again, talking about ironically talking about truffles, but um <laughs> There's a truffle brie no that has, is brie with a truffle paste in the middle, which oh, is right. incredible. Yeah. So we'd recommend that. I then have a slice of a wedge of like good English cheddar, very kind of um, kind of cheddar that like is so mature that it kind of makes your tongue stick to the top of your mouth, like a very yeah. kind of like strong cheddar. 
Um, I'd also have a uh, Comte, which is a French cheese that's quite nutty, that's very delicious. Mm -hmm. I would have that. And then I'd have a very blue, like I love blue cheese, so a very a veiny kind of blue cheese, uh, like a Stilton. And then I'd have, <laughs> this is about to keep going. Then, then I have one more cheese, which is a goat's cheese. I really love a soft goat's cheese, like a log goat's cheese mm -hmm. um, that's quite mild. I do like a strong goat's cheese, but I think for this, I'd have a mild goat's cheese. Um, and then I would have, um, as, as kind of side bits, I'd have um, a really good floral honey. Yeah. I'd have um, some, I'd have like good hunk of sourdough um, and as well as some seedy crackers. Yeah. Uh, and then I'd also have uh, wedges of apple and celery uh, and uh, probably like a kind of little pile of walnuts as well, which I think is really mm -hmm. nice to add to your camembert. Yeah, um, definitely. God, that sounds like a lot of cheese. But that would be what I would have, I think. I have no judgment. I also eat probably what people would consider a, an alarming amount of cheese. Um, I love cheese, so I was not judging you at all. And my next question is going to be, do you put butter on the crackers or the bread before the cheese or just bread slash cracker and then cheese? I, ooh, I think I would just, yeah, I wouldn't have butter. I think that's too much. Uh, that's overkill in this, in this world. No, I think, I think I wouldn't, I would keep them dry, but I would have like, um, actually, I forgot to say, I'd probably have a nice chutney as well alongside. Oh, so yeah. I'd probably have like some sort of like, uh, like apple chutney or a caramelized onion thing, something like that. Cause you need a bit of like mm -hmm. sweetness in contrast. So yeah, that would be probably or a fig chutney. I've had a really good fig chutney recently that was tasty. Nice. Well, thank you for that. What drink are you having to end the whole meal? Um, I would probably have... Um, yeah, I still, I, I still probably wouldn't have alcohol. I probably... I might have coffee. Um, mm -hmm. I know it's kind of weird. I'm actually not very good with coffee, like, after 12. I try and go decaf, which is probably a sign of my age rather than anything else. But... I would probably have a really be beautiful, like, uh, like cappuccino or something, which I know is actually not right because cappuccinos you should only drink in the morning. But I'm assuming this meal is like time it's doesn't nice. exist. So I would have a uh, yeah, I'd probably have a cappuccino to finish, uh, which is not great for digestion. But I just love coffee as well, so I had to have a coffee thing somewhere, and that's probably where I'd have it. Well, thank you so much for telling me your final meal. It sounded amazing. Good, I feel very hungry and want to eat all of it now. So Yeah, I could devour a cheese board now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so for biscuits of the week, have you been eating any biscuits this week? And if so, what did you think of them? Biscuits of the week. So I don't snack, actually, very interestingly. So I don't actually eat biscuits at all. Um, wow. But I do, I do, yeah, I, I can't even... I can't even tell you the last time. Well, no, actually, that's a lie. I have, I, I love cookies. Um, oh, right. So I was going to say, I was going to say I haven't eaten a biscuit this week. I have eaten a cookie this week, which is probably, that's fair. So my favourite type of biscuit would probably be an American-style, like, warm chocolate chip cookie that's kind of, like, this big, quite yeah. really easy. We went to um, uh, Creme at the weekend uh, and yeah. had a creme chocolate chip cookie and like that's like the peak so like I would eat that that would be my favorite forever um because they're just so they're like four pounds in fairness so they better be good but they are fat cookies that are very very unctuous and just the perfect bake where it's almost like raw in the middle but not quite yeah. so you just have that that crunch on the outside and then very soft in the middle um so that would be what I would have as a biscuit amazing I have only seen photos and videos of creme but I have come quite close to replicating them with a cookie recipe, which is the oh. Jane's Patisserie NYC cookies. If you ever have a hankering for a cookie, I totally recommend that recipe. It's so good. Um, and what did you rate your creme cookie out of 10? Oh, it was easily like a nine. It was a very, very cocktail cookie. Um, just because it's it's a nine only because it's quite expensive. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> yeah. I can't give this a ten. This is insane. Um, but yes, I think that's what I would give. Okay, so do you have any local food businesses you would like to give a shout out to? Oh, that's a lovely, lovely question. Um, I I have 
a couple in Angel, uh, not in Angel, it, well, actually, yeah, in Angel and in um, Old Street, where I live, which is brilliant and uh, would recommend. So in Angel, uh, Camden Passage, which is a really lovely kind of street, kind of full of independent kind of restaurants and businesses is really brilliant. Uh, Pistachio and Pickle is a fantastic cheese shop. So it's a really great cheese shop for lots of uh, artisan cheeses, but they also do amazing, like the best uh, cheese toasties I've ever had. So it's a really great, um, great one to um, to to try. And I can't remember. I just like there's a French place as well, which I need to. I can't remember what it's called. Hold on. Let me let me Google what this place is called um, because there's also an amazing French ba- uh, French uh business that does um it's kind of just like lots of like artisan presents oh yeah it's called um le coq Epicier. um <laughs> my best french accent um that it's essentially good. just a really great place for lots of different french products so mm-hmm. um, it's lots of different things like uh cheese as well to be fair uh just love cheese um but loads of really great kind of jarred goods that are imported from france so you can get amazing pate amazing wines uh really great meats um so they are really amazing so i'd recommend checking those two places out in, in angel um and then in terms of old street there's an amazing bakery um amazing grocers called the grocery um which is where i got lots of my uh, ingredients from my recent pop-up which is an independent um grocers that is really great high quality vegetables and fruit um but also uh, great kind of you know store cover essentials as well um so yeah would recommend those um in uh in the area but yeah and there's a million restaurants i could recommend but to be honest i think if you follow me on instagram you'll i'll shout out them all all the time um so definitely want to 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 kind of keep a keep an eye out for absolutely so thank you for those they're going on my london list yet again the list is forever growing um and do you have any people um so food people you would like to give a shout out to um, I'm just a fan of small startup businesses who are really invite, who are really exciting and different. So I think I'll always talk about Bold Bean Co. So Amelia, who runs Bold Bean Co., is brilliant. So Bold Bean are a fantastic bean company that are trying to change the way we think about beans. They're fantastic. Um, also, just like my vegan mates, so Callum, mm-hmm. as we know, Callum Harris, um, Sexy, Plant Boys in general, they are a fantastic vegan collective who really showcase a light on vegan food and this has inspired me to cook more um, kind of vegan and delicious things to try. So definitely uh, love them and what they do. Um, and uh, yeah, I think, as I say, like equally on my on Feeding Speedy, I'm constantly shouting out startup brands. So essentially anyone I, I shout out, worthy of attention and joy because i'm really passionate about shining a light on businesses and people who are trying to change food because i think Definitely. food is something that we all take very seriously and is really passionate about but actually if you have people who have a point of view and are trying to bring something new into the market i'm all about that so yeah i think um, those are my shout outs but certainly uh if you follow me, uh, you'll see me shouting out lots of people all the time. So I would definitely, definitely recommend that. Well, thank you for those. And so where can people find you? So I'm available on all social channels that you uh, that you like. Uh, so feeding, at Feeding Speedy on Instagram, at Feeding Speedy on TikTok. Um, I also have a website called www.feedingspeedy.com. Uh, and I just, yeah, generally knock about on socials. So those will be my main uh, places for you to find me. So, yeah, I'm constantly doing stuff and uh, hopefully people find it interesting enough to follow. Absolutely. Well, all the links to Tom, a.k.a. Feeding Speedy, will be in the description or on any of the social posts. So just have a look for those. If you can't find it, please send me a message. Um, But, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I've very much enjoyed our chat. I mean, thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it too. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been great to uh, to see all your stuff and uh, I'm really happy to be part of it. Well, thank you so much. And I hope you have a lovely evening. I will do. See you soon. Thank you. Bye.
How fabulous was that episode with Tom, also known as Feeding Speedy? I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did chatting with him. Um, All the links to Tom, Feeding Speedy will be in the description and on all the social media posts, so go and check that out. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and if you are new why not subscribe to the podcast because there are over 60 episodes for you to enjoy in the back catalogue and if you are a continuing listener thank you so much for coming back I very much appreciate it Um, and thank you so much if you would like to see more behind the scenes and all of the fun stuff around the podcast why not follow Butcher Baker Podcast Maker on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok because that is where all of the fun gets put online. You can see all of the visuals and especially cookbook of the week um, that's posted every week, funnily enough. If I haven't already said it, sorry if I'm repeating myself, thank you so much for listening to this episode. It means the world to me that people listen to this podcast. And as I've just spoken about cookbook of the week, I'm not going to tell you what the cookbook of the week is because you can go and look it up if you would like to know. But I would also like to say that I have been doing some more blog posts on butcherbakerpodcastmaker.com. So all of those will be linked on the website if you would like some more in-depth information on cookbooks of the week and previous guests who have been on the podcast this series. Also, instead of recommending an artist or an album of the week, I'm going to uh, recommend the Butcher Baker Podcast Maker Bops playlist that I have on Spotify. I will link to it on the Instagram because it has all of the recommendations I have made over this series of songs and albums I think you should listen to. And if I do say so myself, it is full of bops. So that will be linked for you if you'd like to check that out. If you are enjoying this podcast and you would like to tell other people about it, that would be fabulous. So you can tell them about it in your day-to-day life. That would be great. But if you could leave a review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, that would absolutely make my day because that helps more people see the podcast. And it's just lovely to um, read what you think. Anyway, I think that's enough chat from me. Thank you again to everyone that's listened to this podcast. Thank you to Tom, also known as Feeding Speedy, for being on the podcast. And I hope you're all having a fabulous day whilst you're listening to this. And I will speak to you very soon. Bye! series where we get to know a little bit more about the foods people enjoy from recipe favorites to biscuit chat.